Hey guys, it's Riley, moving right along with the adventures of Sparky and Spasoid. Last time we were here, Sparky was running from a herd of alien monsters, so now, of course, we're going to jump back to the other plot line. His partner, Spazoid, and the goat have escaped their own horde, diving into a pool of water that they swim through, only to find themselves on the other side in an ocean. It's weird, I know. Even stranger, they found a lighthouse there. If you want to catch up, you can listen to chapters 1 through 11 at lvistories.com. Here we go! Chapter 12, Communing with Goats My word, it's an island, Goat stated. His nose was pressed against the cockpit, staring down at the rocky ground. Yep, Spazoid said with water dripping off him. More poured out as his propellers disappeared beneath his shoulders. Not a very big one, the goat commented. Spaz stepped from the surf, making his way over the rocks. Nope, he answered. The goat had taken his own advice for a little while, but keeping his mouth shut proved more difficult than he thought. Painfully obvious observations kept pouring out. They were worse than the questioning, Spazoid thought. The robot tried single-syllable answers to see if the goat would get the hint. He looked up at the clear night sky, at the stars, and recognized none of them. He opened his long-range scanners, the ones that could penetrate far into the distant darkness of the cosmos. His fists became dishes, lengthening, then popping open like umbrellas. What are you doing? the goat asked. Scanning, Spazoid answered. He was disappointed that he couldn't come up with a single-syllable word for that. Only saying scan would have sounded strange. But adding ING didn't count anyway, Spaz thought. For what? the goat asked. <sighs> Spazoid let out yet another long sigh. Then he brought his scanners down and turned them back into hands. You know what? I think we need a little break. The cockpit popped open, and before the goat knew what was happening, he was tossed to the ground. What's the matter with you? the goat asked, getting back to his feet and standing beneath the tall robot. Spazoid felt a little bad that he hadn't put the goat down more gently. He thought he'd heard something about a four-legged creature that always landed on its feet. Apparently, that wasn't goats. He shrugged his shoulders again and ignored the angry animal, popping his scanners back open. Excuse me, I'm talking to you, the goat yelled as he ducked his head down and rammed Spazoid's leg. Spazoid was busy and barely felt the bump. He was sending a signal out into deep space, looking for the Ark, but there was nothing there. The mothership was missing. He assessed the data coming in and saw that none of the planets in this system matched where they were supposed to be. Wow, Spazoid said. This was a moment after the goat rammed him again. That's right, wow, the goat yelled. And there's more where that came from. Would you knock it off? Spazoid closed the sensors again, considering what he'd learned. When they passed through the water, they must have traveled through a wormhole or something. Somehow, he and the goat were on a completely different planet. He looked up at the tower and knew it had to have something to do with it. He had to investigate. He started climbing. Where are you going? The goat called after him. Stay here, Spazoid said over his shoulder. Why, do you think it's safe? The goat asked, looking around. He hadn't seen any of those creatures that had been chasing him, but he did notice some bushes clinging to the rocks. He was tempted to go over and start chewing. Maybe, Spazoid answered, getting further away. Will you be returning? The goat asked. Probably not. Oh, okay then. The goat nodded his head. It took a moment for him to understand. Hey, he called, running after Spaz. Wait one minute. You can't just leave me here. I can try, Spaz muttered, still climbing. When he was halfway up the cliff face, he looked back at the goat, who was following him. Goats are good climbers, he thought, realizing that was the thing he'd heard about them. They reached the top of the cliff, coming up next to the tower's wall. It was covered in vines and built from a material very much like the alien machine. 
Spaz looked up and saw a light at the top. He glanced back at the water where he'd seen the lights below the surf. It was strange. Before, he thought they were coming from under the island. From here, they looked more like a reflection of the tower. Try to remember that as a robot, Spazoid wasn't used to his sensors being wrong. It was possible for a person's eyes to play tricks on them, but being mechanical, Spaz's eyes weren't usually all that trickable. Weird, Spazoid said. Yes, but still tasty, the goat said, with his mouth full, eating the vines off the side of the tower. You know those could be poisonous. The goat spat them out. No, you don't think so, do you? Probably not. I won't get my hopes up, Spaz said dryly. Hey, the goat yelled again, but Spaz was already moving along the tower's wall, looking for an entrance. He glanced up again and debated over using his rocket to get to the top. He probably had enough juice, but he wanted to conserve fuel to get off the planet. That's if he could get back to his other rockets, and back onto the right planet. He found an unimpressive little door nearly covered in vines, just the right size for a goat, but not big enough for an eight-foot-tall robot. <sighs> Spazoid sighed again. I know, he does that a lot. This time, he was mimicking the sound of expelling air, because he missed his partner. Not the first time for that, either. Usually, Sparky would take the lead in a situation like this. He'd investigate while Spaz hung back, waiting for things to go bad. Then he could blaze in and save the day. He found it rewarding, but that wasn't an option this time. The only thing he could do was adapt again. But this was his least favorite type of change. He had to get small. He looked down at his legs and arms, wondering how much of himself he was willing to leave behind. There was no other way to get up the tower. Out of frustration, he kicked the door. Stupid little door, he said as it smashed in and split down the middle. Far above in the tower, something woke up hearing the sound. Eyes opened in the dark. Spaz started to change. His head dropped down, connecting to his shorter arms. A pair of legs that weren't much longer than the goats came out from between his two larger legs. He stepped down, leaving behind a shell. His hollowed-out shoulders and Sparky's empty cockpit folded in and lowered to keep from falling over. Spaz's head had looked vaguely insect-like on his hulking crane, but it might as well have belonged to a cartoon ant on this spindly little body. Glancing down at his diminished form, his little legs and little arms, he started to sigh again in disappointment. That's when the goat struck. He ducked his head down and charged forward, slamming into Spazoid, knocking the robot to the ground. What'd you do that for? Spazoid asked from where he landed. Oh, please, do you really have to ask? You've been nothing but a scoundrel to me this whole time. You're right, I'm sorry. Come here and help me up. Spazoid reached out with one meek-looking arm. The goat came over. Um, I don't know how I'd help you. You see, I don't have hands. It was almost an apology, but he didn't get to finish. Electricity, suddenly flowing through his body, interrupted him as a charge jumped from the tip of Spaz's finger. By the time the goat recovered enough to stare angrily at the robot, Spaz was already on his feet, making his hands spark again. Blue electricity popped and snapped in the air. And there's more where that came from. You try hitting me again while I'm like this, and see what happens. Now get your furry butt up those stairs. Why do I have to go first? The goat complained. Because I don't trust you behind me. Now move. Spaz made the finger spark even brighter. Someone please tell me why you two had to crash on my mountain. The goat complained as he started ahead. Just lucky, I guess. Spazoid tried to sound tough. He didn't feel it, though, not while leaving the rest of himself outside. His eyes glowed, lighting the way as they climbed the tight, twisting staircase. It was a long way up. The creepy vibe of this place made even the goat stay quiet. They reached a landing with a doorway. It wasn't a very welcoming door. In fact, it was locked with heavy hinges and bolts that screamed, Go away. There was a pad glowing next to it. 
These must be the controls, Spazoy said, reaching out. That's when the door opened on its own. The bolts drew back, and the hinges squeaked as it swung in. You should never trust an unfriendly door that suddenly becomes friendly, Spaz thought, as he motioned for the goat to go ahead. Really? The goat pleaded while peeking into the dark. You shouldn't have hit me then. In fact, you should probably stop ramming things altogether. It only gets you into trouble. Spazoid waved his finger and made it flash again. The goat started forward. He could see strange lights ahead, in what appeared to be a control room. He crossed the dark space. Consoles lined every wall beneath tall windows. Those windows seemed to look out on different worlds. One of them looked like the world outside the machine, the one with the mountains floating all about, which I suppose could have been this world since less than an hour ago they'd crashed on it. It was all very strange. The goat went to the window and looked out, considering his home. You know, I miss my mountain and everything, but looking at it from a distance, it's kind of ugly, isn't it? He asked. He had that feeling like someone was right there and assumed it was Spazoid, but it wasn't. Spaz's voice came from across the tower. Ugly sounds about right to me. He was looking down at some of the controls, hoping one of them was a light switch. He was just about to touch one when he heard the goat bleat, which is a type of scream unique to goats and sheep. The goat had turned slowly, knowing for sure something was behind him, and hearing that Spaz was too far away to be the thing made him really concerned. He expected something horrible. What he saw was worse in a way. There were two floating eyes, bright and sort of nutty looking. One eye looked at him. The other turned towards Spaz. No touching! It yelled. Then this thing with its floating eyes ran across the room. Before Spaz knew what was happening, he was under attack, fighting to get something small and fierce off his back. I wonder if you can guess who that is. Don't worry if you can't, though. I'll tell you soon enough. This part of the book might be a little confusing sometimes but I promise you there's a little bit of logic behind it. See, one of my favorite writers is a guy named Arthur C. Clarke. When I was a kid, my dad took me to go see a movie called 2010, and it was based on his writing. I was way too young, and it made no sense to me at the time. But a few years later, I started reading everything he wrote. One thing that he said was that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. In other words, it all seems weird to us until we understand how it works. Imagine a caveman seeing a microwave. How would you explain it to him? For that matter, do we even know how a microwave works? Anyway, that's sort of the idea with Sparky and Spazoid. You've got this advanced robot, but there's still stuff out in the universe he can't explain. I love that. I love the things we don't know, because it means there's still room for a discovery and imagination. Anyway, if you'd like to read along with a story or look at the illustrations in the book, it's available on Amazon. And there's also a webcomic called Sparky and Spaz you can check out on Webtoons. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening.